everybody, and welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I'm sure you've been enjoying these bonus episodes each week, but this is our last one for now. So make sure to subscribe and join me and Hallie every Tuesday for our usual dose of spirituality in the business context. Today's episode comes from our Achieve Freedom Now event, which is hosted by our sister company, Achieve Freedom Coaching. Karen and I had the pleasure of interviewing Nicole Meindorf for the segment we're airing today. Nicole is a wealth advisor and money maven who shares financial advice in real life perspective on saving, planning, and investing with audience across the country via books, TV, radio, and conferences. Everybody enjoy the show. We're going to talk um, with Nicole Middendorf, who is in my home state of Minnesota. Uh, she is a money maven, a knowledge junkie, a coach, an entrepreneur who left Morgan Stanley in 2003 to turn her own wealth man uh, to run her own wealth management firm, and she's never looked back. I know that she's an author of five books, a world traveler. Um, a philanthropist and an, an accomplished public speaker. She is a wealth advisor, a certified divorce financial analyst with Prosper Wealth Financial. Her main focus is to help people create wealth from the inside out, which I love. And she accomplishes this through one-on-one client meetings, writing books, presenting at conferences and appearing on TV, radio, and other media. And with us today in our Achieve Freedom Now Summit. So we're very, very lucky to have you, Nicole. It's so nice to see you again. Yes, you too. Thanks so much. How are you? I'm wonderful. I was writing down tons of notes and tips from the uh, social media uh, presentation and various different things, always to add to our content. That's right. I see you on video a lot and I love that. I follow you on social a ton and you give a lot of great value and you definitely do. You do all the things Andrew just talked about, I think, because I'm, I'm obviously a follow-up of yours. So I love um, so much of what you have brought to um, the space of just the way people think about money, um, because we've talked about this in a number of our um, sessions today, which is, you know, oftentimes um, the results of our life in any, in any part of our life starts with our thinking and our programming, and maybe the way we were raised or what society has kind of taught us uh, indirectly or directly. And you've gone through a lot of your own experiences, but you do just such a phenomenal job, I think, of educating people and getting them to think differently so that they're willing to take different actions when it comes to uh, the way they treat money and um, how they build wealth for themselves. And so I'm just excited to have this conversation with you. Um, Talk a little bit about how important you think mindset is to this, the entire concept of what you bring to people in your business of Prosper Well Financial and how much do you, do you talk to your clients about that? It's, it's huge. I mean, I really believe it's everything. I, um, many days I feel like a therapist, not necessarily a wealth advisor. And I, I had the blessed opportunity when I was, I was a figure skater and uh, one of my coaches had her PhD in psychology. And, um, and then really one of my best friends is Dr. Jen Walter, the first female NFL football coach. And she also obviously has a PhD in psychology. I just love hanging around people like that. And I love reading books. I'm reading Tony Robbins one right now. Um, it's so much the power of the mind. Mm -hmm. And Oprah said it perfectly uh, that Americans really are living unconsciously when it comes to our money. We're just, we're all, I get it. Like I'm a single mom. I'm super busy. We all go about our days and how many times we actually sit down and stop and think about that transaction that we're doing, or how does this fit with our financial plan? Or what does this really mean? 
Um, I have the live it list, which is basically your bucket list. And uh, my son's live it list was to go make a uh, lightsaber, a custom lightsaber at Disney World. So we were there Memorial Day weekend and we're walking around and obviously my wealth advisor brain is on, you know, 90% of my life. And I'm just watching and observing all these people thinking 50% of these people should not be here. Like, you know, and, and we just get so wrapped up in, you know, who, what our neighbor has or what someone in our office has or what someone we aspire to be like has. And it's all about people have so much pressure to have like this stuff. And that's really not what brings about happiness. Studies show that if you spend more money on experiences, you're going to be happier than if you spend money on things. And so your mindset is everything. Your attitude is everything. And, and there's so many times people will have a conversation with me or come in the mm -hmm. office and they'll talk about like, I can't, you know, they're very negative about money. Like I, I never was raised well with money. I've never had money, you know, money's I'm afraid of money. I don't want to talk about money. And if you're always saying negative things, you're then going to have generally a negative experience when it comes to your money. And so I really challenge people to think about their behavior with money, let alone how they think about it. And rather than saying, oh, I can't afford X, Y, and Z, ask yourself, how can I afford X, Y, and Z? And then set that plan in place so that you can make that happen. Shift it to the positive. What are some things that you do with, with your... Um, with your kids that kind of helps set them up for not having the same conversations or stories that a lot of people have? How do you bring that into everyday conversation, whether it's, you know, about wealth, the amount of money you have, or about the bills or about vacations or any of those things? How do you integrate that on a daily basis? It's constant. I probably talk too much about money with my kids to the point that behind me, we have this little shadow box that we make and it says family 401k fund on there. We have one at our house that is actually the real family 401k. And so my daughter had a, end of, a really small end of the year school party and had friends over and they went on the trampoline and she's like, yeah, we bought this from our family 401k. She starts then lecturing her friends <laughs> about how they should have a family 401k and what that is and how it works and how they then could get a trampoline themselves. And so I, I, as a wealth advisor, I probably talk about it too much, but there's opportunities every single minute of your life from, you know, you or your kids or anyone in your family leaves the lights on. You yeah. can bring it down to, there's a cost to everything to, you know, when you're like my daughter's 11, she'll be here at the office tomorrow working for a couple of hours. And it's, you know, I'm starting to explain to her and she's starting to get the concept of, okay, how much do you get paid babysitting versus how much do you get paid working for mom versus how much do you get, paid, how much money do you get when you ask grandma and grandpa? And having, starting to have those conversations about taxes and the Roth IRA, because the Roth IRA for kids is one of the most underutilized tools, in my opinion. Yeah. And depending upon your CPA and your state, uh, you may want to uh, watch child labor laws, but basically if, if, if you have kids that are working and have earned income or you have a business and you are paying them from your business, you can turn around and if you pay them six grand, put that six grand into a Roth IRA for them and you instantly have made your kid a millionaire. And the Roth IRA can be taken out tax-free for their first home purchase, tax-free for higher education, or leave it in for their own retirement. 
And so, you know, when your kids are older, you can start explaining the Roth IRA, but I really at a very young age, you know, I, I believe in having skin in the game. Yeah. And so at a very young age of my kids, you know, I told them I will pay for half your first car and I will pay for half your college. They don't know this. I will pay for all of their college, <laughs> but I'm paying, they're thinking they're paying for half when they graduate, you know, I'll give them a little card saying, Hey, all your student loans have been taken care of, you know, congrats. But I really believe in skin in the game. But a lot of that is having the conversation with your kids because yeah. my kids know that they need to start saving and accumulating money for these things. A lot of parents don't have the conversation. Yeah. And so kids are applying for colleges. They don't really truly have the, the sense of what does a college cost? What does that mean? I mean, we just had a client uh, send her, her daughter to us. She has $55,000 of student loans. You think that's like not a lot of money, but you know, I'm starting to talk with her about how many years it's going to take her to pay that off, let alone she wants to buy a house, let alone mm -hmm. she needs a car, like all of these things. And so it's really important to, to tell your kids, hey, you know, we don't have any money, we can't pay for college, you're on your own, or you know, whatever your whatever fits with your financial situation. And so that your kids are aware and that yeah. makes the, it's having those conversations. That is the biggest key talking to your kids about money. You, um, I, I know this is going to go a little way from the wealth building. Let's we'll bring it back in. You have for many years and I've watched this personally and we've talked about it and on your social media about your limit list. And you just talked about how the statistics show that experiences make people more happy than does material things. And so that's such a great lesson to also, I think, talk to your kids about as early as possible so that they don't go down the rabbit hole of thinking that things and material things and having everything that their friends have is what's going to make them happy when in all cases it doesn't and it just costs them money and puts them, you know, maybe makes them further away from something that they really want. And so you encourage your kids to create the limit list. You personally have one. And I see you traveling all over and doing these awesome things. And you take one child at a time and, and have that, that memory with them and you do things on your own. And so it costs money to have a limit list, right? And so how do you talk to your kids or just how do you talk to people in general and that do want to create those experiences? They also want to build wealth. They want to be responsible with their money. Like talk about like the, the, the mindset around that and how you, uh, you, you not only do you justify it, but how do you plan for it? Let's talk a little bit about that because I think it's an inspiring thing, by the way, the live it list and the experiences because life's short and let's live too, right? We can, we can manage our money and we can be smart, but we, we need to live because we don't know how long we're living for. I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yep. So I'll tell you about the kids piece first, and then I'll explain like the live it list and how it came about um, because my daughter and I were actually just talking about this last night. So her trip, I don't know why she picked San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> Who knows why? <laughs> but, and so I were headed there uh, during MEA and so she, I guess, I know why she wanted water. She wanted a city she had never been. She wants, she loves to shop <laughs> and there's a great Marriott water park. So I pay for the kids to go. I'll pay for your flight. I'll pay for your hotel, I'll pay for your food, but don't ask me for anything when we're there. Okay. And so that's where you want to get away from that. Mom, can I have this? Dad, can I have this? Because that's mm -hmm. where guilt comes into play. And you're like, I want to be this great parent. And so you end up getting sucked in when you're at the store, you know, spending the things on your kids. And then, you know, you buy them, you know, all these toys for the holidays or Christmas or their birthdays or whatever. And then a day later, you know, they're not interested in them. And so really all you're doing is just shifting your money. 
And so rather than shifting your stuff uh, for their birthday, my kids now, rather than wanting like stuff for their birthday, they're wanting experiences. Mm-hmm. And so you're just the, the money that I would spend on whatever toys, I'm not spending it on toys anymore. I'm spending it on taking them somewhere or having some sort of experience or a concert or, you know, a limo ride or what, you know, whatever it is that the kids are interested in. But the live it list for me, I never planned on being, you know, having it trademarked or having it be this big thing. I first off never planned on being a wealth advisor at all. Um, I planned on going to law school and I wanted to work for the United Nations. I wanted to be like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and make a huge impact, um, which it's cool. I am making impact in people's lives financially and with happiness and just just a different way. But got, I got married right out of college and married someone that had dreamt of being a stockbroker his whole life. And that's how I got involved in this. Um, but, and I'm a survivor of domestic violence. And my daughter was six months old and my son was two. And my personal, from the outside, you know, I was doing radio and TV and lived on the lake. And from the outside, I, it looked like I had this perfect life. But on the inside, I was a wreck. And I'm like, how did I end up here? How do I get myself out of here? And growing up, I always had lists and I love to travel. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to rewrite my bucket list. And I had heard, you know, a divorce was starting for me. And I'd heard that the average divorce in Hennepin County in Minnesota takes a year. I'm like, well, I'm just going to rewrite my bucket list and do one thing a month for a year because that'll help me get through this horrible time. So one of the things on the list was to drive a race car. So I met with my best friend from college. I was like, hey, will you go up to Northern Minnesota with me and drive a race car? And he's like, Nick, anything you do, you don't just put 100% into it. You put 180, you need to go to a real speedway. And so I'm like, where is that? He's like, Vegas. So we hopped on a plane and flew to Vegas. He would not come with me. So I went by myself. And you know how when you're on the plane and sometimes you get someone that has to talk to you the whole time? I had that gentleman and he's actually now, now a client but he, when I, when I said I was simply just going to Vegas to drive a race car, he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, I had said, I just rewrote my bucket list. I'm doing this. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm so sorry. You're so young. Is it cancer? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I cannot go around telling people that I redid my bucket list. I'm doing one thing a month on it for a year because they think you're fine. So Catherine, our chief marketing officer, she came up with the live it list. We then trademarked it. I then what learned it? some of What's these called live it, live it, live it, live it list. Yep. Live. Live it list. Got it. And so I then learned that if you spend more money on experiences, you're going to be happier than if you spend more money on things. I learned that one in three Americans is happy. And so now it's part of our financial planning process. Every client gets a financial plan and we're asking what's on your live it list. You know, is it, you want to take your whole family to Hawaii or you want to serve meals or you want to give money to charity or you want to take your kid on a trip or you want to buy a trampoline or what, you know, whatever it is and making those things a priority because that's what makes you happy. Money simply is just a vehicle to get you where you want to go. And so now I have my own foundation. We grant live it list experiences. I still continue to do one thing a month. And I always get asked, you know, well, what's the next thing on your list? And what are you, you know, what are you doing? And I do have a lot in August. Um, I'm going to West Virginia. The top financial advisors have a conference. And so I'm going to go drive an ATV in, in the mountains and get all muddy and then doing a ropes course. And then I'm going white water paddle boarding. Um, hmm up in Duluth, Minnesota, if we have enough water. So I think out of all the things I've done, other than repelling down the Ecolab building, the whitewater paddle burning is probably gonna be the most dangerous I'm feeling. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm 
going to wear a lot of, a lot of protection, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe the rapids will be lower because there's no water in Minnesota. No, I'm trying to figure out, is it better if there's less water or not? I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah, it could be bad if there's more rocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. yeah. the, whole, the whole point of the live it list is just, you know, people get so focused on, you know, retirement or kids mm-hmm. college or some of these things are, that are not necessarily so much fun. And what mm-hmm. is life all about? It's all about enjoying that life along the way. And really focusing on what makes you happy and what's important to you about you and your life and your money. What does, what does wealth mean to you? For me, it's freedom. And I always ask that question of our clients. Uh, I can't remember the last time I was asked that, but for me, it's freedom to be able to, you know, owning a business and to be able to, you know, this morning, three days a week, I'm at my office building here because I have a workout room downstairs. So three days a week, I'm here working out at 530 in the morning. But the other two, like this morning, you know, got up later, dropped my daughter off at at gymnastics, like, you know, being able, I hate the word balance, but being able to have that blend in my life of, okay, you know, having the flexibility to take the kids on trips or really, you know, what are the, what are the things on your limit list that you want to accomplish this year and actually being able to go and do them that's really what wealth, true wealth is. Yeah. Yeah. Where do people start? It's first figuring out where you are, which is like stepping on the scale. Sometimes it can be a little overwhelming and a little bit intimidating, but you, you need to know where you are. And so it's taking an assessment of saying, okay, what real estate do I own? What businesses do I own? What's my income? What debt do I have? Because I find so, and it's really owning it. Like there's so many times I'll meet with people and there'll be, you know, new clients and I'll, you know, I'm asking about their situation. They're like, well, we don't have any debt. And then they start talking and saying, well, I have a house. Okay. Well, do you have a mortgage or your house is paid for? No, we've got a mortgage. And then they'll start talking about their cars and there's a car loan. And then they'll talk about the boat and then there's a boat loan. That's debt. Like you own what you have, good and bad. And so really taking an assessment of where are you and then saying, okay, this is where I am. I'm 160 pounds and I don't want to be here. And so where do you want to be? Well, I want to be 140. Okay. So what do you want to do? And what are you, what do you need to do to get there? And it's not like this happens overnight. It's really always taking an assessment of your net worth and where are you? What's your credit score? What's, you know, what's important to you? And when are you going to do these things? Because you generally can't have everything at once. And so it's figuring out what are those priorities? What are the easy wins? And what are the things that you can do and are the stepping stones to get you where you want to go? I always find with money, people have this kind of untold amount of money they think they need to have in order to have freedom in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, when you ask people like, well, what's your number? And nobody really knows. They just want like millions. Right. And it's like, well, what are you going to do with millions? Explain to me what that's actually going to do. And you actually boil it down, you know, granular enough. It's, it's much less money than people think they need to have in order to have the freedom that they actually want in their life. Yep. There was a study done talking about happiness and money. Um, and it was, I can never remember if it was Yale or Princeton. It was a college out on the East coast. Um, but they came up with, uh, that it was 75 grand a year. Yeah. So once you make more than that, it really doesn't matter. And, you know, it's just the more money that you have, the more decisions you're making or the more complicated things can be where you're setting up trusts and you're dealing with multiple entities and things like that. But it's not necessarily the amount. And most people don't know their amount. Really, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of times this 
feeling of like women will say they have this fear of being a bag lady. And so for most people, it's this fear of, oh my gosh, like, is someone going to take care of me? Am I able to take care of myself? Because you don't, none of us know, we don't know how long we're going to live. And so it's a matter of making sure that you've planned well, that you have enough assets to take care of yourself, but that you're also then enjoying life today because you never know. No, you don't. And so the knowing is the first step. And, you know, we always say the quality of your life or the quality of your business equates to the quality of the questions you ask yourself, but most people don't know what questions to ask themselves. And that's why they never level up in any area. And so whether it is in the area of health and fitness or relationships or in wealth building, you need to find somebody who is going, you feel is a, is a confidant and somebody who you can trust that's going to help ask you those questions, but then you have to be willing to, 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 to be true and, 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 accept where you are because the awareness is what brings you to make other changes that can get you where you want to go. So where are you? Where do you want to go? And then what changes can you make? And then I heard you say, you asked them by when are you going to do these things? So there's an, there's a, an element of accountability in there as well, which I think is truly uh, something that every single human being needs to level up in their life or their business or their wealth or their health and fitness, whether people like the word or not change the definition. If you don't like the word, you know, I like to reframe accountability as a safe space in which someone creates for you to have self-awareness and it's without judgment and condemnation. It just is. And then what, but, but once you know, now you can make better decisions and you can ask yourself the right questions. And so I think people are afraid sometimes to go to an expert like yourself because they don't, they know they don't know what they don't know. They don't even know what their real situation is or they really want to know. And I think they feel like there's like, there's, there's no hope for them, but don't you feel like there's always a way to make it better. And there's always a way to make a plan. You just have to start where you are and have somebody who can kind of just help you to see outside of your situation to just formulate that plan. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I believe like things happen for a reason and like, I never planned on being a financial advisor at all. <laughs> I am told I have this ability to take something that's very complex, overwhelming and boring money and make <laughs> it really interesting because money can be so intimidating. Yeah. And you were talking about questions. This is a, a deck of cards that we came up with for couples and so um, there's 52 cards in here and it's all about answering questions and asking answering, asking the question of yourself, but then asking the question of your significant other. And it could, the questions in here are like, um, you know, are you the spender? Or are you the saver? And how do you feel about that? And so it's all about, you know, knowing where you are and like, you know, if you want a million dollars, what would you do with it? And sometimes, you know, if you're in a relationship, you're completely on a different page <laughs> than your significant other. And the whole goal is to then appreciate that or get on the same page. And so it's all about honoring where, where are you knowing yeah. where you are? And if you're in a relationship, okay, here's where we are. And you know what? No one's perfect. And like, if you start talking to me about cars and automotive or home repairs or mechanical things, or, you know, all of that stuff, like my tech guy, I was just talking to him this morning. I'm like, you're, you're talking another language to me. <laughs> like everyone has their thing that they know and yeah. not everyone knows everything about money. And it really surprises me the amount of people that I come across that are, that do taxes and are like CPAs, but they also are trying to be financial advisors as well. 
Like it it just, it floors me. And I really feel like they're doing a disservice to people because tax laws are changing constantly. The stock market's changing constantly. There's so many things you can't expect yourself to be an expert in all of it. That's why you find people that you can trust, that you like, that will help you set that plan and help you implement that plan and hold you accountable. Yeah. You talked about the Roth IRA for your children, which was a great tip. I hope people wrote that down. And those of you that are watching live or recording it, um, that's just great, especially if you're a business owner and you check your local uh, laws, of course, but you have your children working for you in some way, shape or form. What a great opportunity for your business and what a great opportunity for your child. Um, But are there other things that people need to know about uh, products, things that you recommend, particularly for business owners, entrepreneurs, or just people in general that um, we can uh, benefit uh, from hearing uh, about from you today? Yep. The Roth IRA for your kids and the Roth IRA for yourself. And you may run into the situation that, you know, you are told you make too much money to contribute to the Roth IRA. Um, I don't like the word loophole, but there is the backdoor Roth IRA. So if you make too much money in the government's eyes to contribute to the Roth, you can add every year, if you're under 56 grand, if you're over 57 grand, to a traditional IRA and you don't get a deduction, you don't get a benefit, you turn around and then put that money into a Roth IRA. Mm. You're paying taxes, but the younger you are, the more that benefits you because anything in the Roth IRA, when you go to take that out later on, you don't pay a single cent of tax. Mm -hmm. And you can pass that Roth IRA onto your beneficiaries, your kids, and they're not paying a single cent of tax as well. When you own a business, I would, every single person that owns a business should have a SEP IRA. If you have employees, that's where you can look at the simple IRA or a 401k plan. But the SEP IRA, it stands for Simplified Employee Pension Plan, but it's so it's SEP. That allows you to put up to 25% of your net income up to 57 grand a year. It's huge. I mean, it's unbelievable the deductions that you're getting when you own a business. People always will ask, you know, how can I save more money on taxes? Start a business. (laughs) Really, it's the best way. And you always have until the tax deadline to do that um, and contribute to, to that account. Then, um, so the Roth IRA, SEP, Roth IRA for yourself, your kids, the SEP IRA, or you could do a simple plan or a 401k plan. The biggest thing is to take advantage of the accounts that are out there for you that help you on taxes, mm-hmm. help you now give you deductions or help you later on. And then beyond that, the <laughs> biggest thing that I see a lot of is people having a lot of cash and not utilizing it right now because mm-hmm. you're not earning anything in interest if it's in your checking yeah. account or your savings account. The other thing too is like having a non-retirement account invested in like mutual funds or things that you're paying a lot of taxes on. And mm-hmm. so the more that you can do, like we all work so hard for our money. It's how can you make sure that you are making the most for yourself? Yeah. And so pay the least in taxes, take advantage of all the accounts that are out there, utilize tax efficient accounts Mm -hmm. and make sure that you're looking at, you know, the things that are available to you. I was talking to a client this morning about donor advised funds. A donor advised fund is a way for you to put money away. You still are investing the money, but if you, let's say you put a hundred grand into a donor advised fund, you can put any dollar amount in, you get a hundred thousand dollar deduction on your taxes for this year. But then that money's still there and it can grow and you can then give it away to charities later on. It's people always want to have a, have their own foundation. Um, A donor advised fund is a way to give money away and to help yourself from a tax planning standpoint. So there's all these different like 
tools and things that are out there that you can utilize that'll help you. And you always want to take advantage of those first. And then the other big thing is have a financial plan Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you're knowing and have a wealth advisor help you. Like it, it floors me the amount of people that have children that don't contribute the benefit to get a tax benefit to the 529 plan. Again, it depends on your state, state of Minnesota. If you're single, if you put $1,500 into a 529 plan, you get a $1,500 state tax deduction. If you're married, Mm -hmm. it's three grand. So again, think a lot of these things depend upon your state, but that's where it's asking those questions of what makes the most benefit for me and what's the most helpful. Sounds like to me, it's just also just taking time to understand money. Mm-hmm. Uh, understand wealth, understand where your money's going. I think so many people just lackadaisically, or you said earlier, just unconsciously walking mm-hmm. around, having enough money to kind of pay their bills, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe do a th- few things over here. It's, it's just allocating some time and energy towards understanding. You don't have to be a financial planner or advisor, but just understanding where your money is flowing to. I think it's so important that if people just watched and measured every dollar they had in their life. They would think about how they spent every dollar completely differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. One last question before we let you go, because somebody asked the question and it was, does it, it, regardless of your level of income, and I think they were asking in regards to either the Roth IRA or the SEP, is there, if you make a certain amount of money, oh, uh, are you not eligible for those? Only the Roth IRA is where there's okay. limits, and it changes every year, but basically as a single person or married couple, if you're like 150 to 200 grand, you mm-hmm. make too much, um, yep. but yep. that's where you still can do the backdoor Roth. The SEP IRA, there's no income limit. It's just, you cannot put more than up to 20. You can't put more than 25% of your net income away. Okay, perfect. Yeah, with that cap of 57K or something like that. Wonderful. Real quick question. What about the age of kids when it comes to Roth IRA? Is there age limits of when you need to start those? So I actually sent an email to my CPA today because I'm like, my daughter's been regularly coming into my office and I'm regularly (laughs) paying her and I know she's 11 child labor laws are 14. And so my CPA is like, you got to wait till your kids are 14. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, so, (laughs) so I ask your CPA, (laughs) I do, cause I do, I do have clients that we have one that the grandma paid Mm -hmm. the grandbaby a modeling fee and she used the baby pictures then for her holiday cards every year. And so they started a Roth IRA, like right when they were born. So I don't know about that, but. And so what would the limit be? Is it like when they're out of college or a certain age that like, if somebody says I have older children and I still want to start this now because they could take this out and I have more money to give. Is there any limit on the other end that you know? No limit, no limit. It's just, you can only put six grand a year into it. If you're under 50, seven grand a year, if you're over 50. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Super, super good information. We'll have all the information of all of our speakers, including Nicole, like I mentioned to you. So if you want to check out her books, um, she does such great things for people who are going through divorce, have been divorced for couples and money, which you guys, we know this is a big deal. You got to get on the same page. You have to understand where your mindsets are. We aren't raised the same way. We don't come with the same programming around money. So uh, this is a big, big deal. And of course, with your children, if you want to start making some of these changes and as a business owner and entrepreneur, there are things that you could be doing that you probably aren't. And so this information has been super, super helpful. And you're inspiring to help us all remember that we can be smart about money and we can still live our lives. And there is a good balance there. So thank you for that, Nicole. It's really great to see you. And thanks for your time today. Nice to see you. Thank you all for joining us on this bonus episode. And thanks again to Nicole for speaking with us at Achieve Freedom Now. 
If you're ready to launch yourself into growing a successful real estate business, Achieve Freedom Coaching is a great accountability partner to help you stay focused, organized, and pointed in the right direction, not just in business, but in all aspects of your life. If you have listened to our podcast before today, you know how important self-leadership is to the success of your business. Achieve Freedom Coaching will help you build the habits you need for success, and you may be surprised by what coaching reveals about you, your life, and the direction you thought you were headed. Is it time to dig deep and take hold of the wheel in your one unique, amazing life? You can try our holistic business coaching for free by scheduling a call at businessandlifecoaching.com forward slash free dash coaching dash call.